everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Batman Beyond Mark. He's back. And I'm that back. means that we're tackling team-up missions for, for better or for worse. This It feels like we're in this weird marriage vow relationship now. I mean, just, it feels like I need Tums after, after reading this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's, uh, we got a couple chapters. We're going to be covering uh, missions, I think is what they call them, 10 and 11. They call these missions just like Vigilantes called it episodes, and it was it was all very confusing and hard to keep track of occasionally. Yeah, yeah, but it was charming. It was it was charming with Vigilantes. Yeah, that, you know, uh, Mark and I were talking, first of all, like, let's just, uh, let me just Get, put this out there. I'm I'm glad that Mark uh, would even even <laughs> deign to record with us anymore because as as I was listening to uh, our coverage of movie three, um, there was a, a short conversation where Adam and I were discussing back and forth about who was with what teams during their work studies and blah blah blah. And uh, as I was listening to it casually, so I didn't catch it while we were recording, didn't catch it while I was editing. But as I was listening to it, like the the day of release that Monday, I was like. Oh my gosh, we're dumb. And so I like I put out this tweet that was just like, excuse us, we're stupid. We got the work internship stuff mixed up and, you know, we're dumb. I still did uh, rally to say that uh, the number 222nd ranked hero uh, manual should have been on the scene for all of the above um, that I mean, we covered. Clearly. That was in that movie. But um, I put that tweet out knowing full well that Mark was going to see it and just be ashamed of us and that that would be the end of uh, our relationship. But uh, he had already verbally contracted, uh, uh, contracted with us yep. to, uh, to do more team up missions. So yep. it would have been, uh, it would have been civil court if he, uh, <laughs> decided that he wasn't going to do this anymore. Uh, and if I haven't gotten to civil court with Luke, I'm not going to do it with you guys. So. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see how, uh, how strong our relationship remains after we continue to s slog really through team up missions. Slog. Yeah, it's uh, it's not our favorite material, but like I said, we're in this relationship with MHA for better and for worse, and we've covered a lot of you know the worst stuff. And uh, as for what are you guys talking about, Hero Notes has absolutely covered more of the uh, um, oh school briefs. You have? Uh, yeah, we covered. I believe the first two or three did you guys cover more than one? Oh no like uh well kind of we did like i covered the first one on my own and that released as an episode and then i started noting out the second one and i just told adam and i was like i can't do this and i'm not getting paid to do it so we're just not doing it <laughs> I, I i i know we definitely covered one in a, a podcast like as like covering it not like a full podcast for it uh, mm -hmm. and then we definitely got through like three before mm. we were like we refuse <laughs> Yeah, you you have a lot more patience than than I did with those things. I uh, I think I told you that I shipped off. I had already like pre-purchased the first four or five, and um, one of the listeners to the podcast won a prize. And, I remember uh, this. I part remember of that package this. was I just shipped him all of my light novels because I didn't I did was never going to read them again. <laughs> that was really fun. I was going to say uh, at this point, the only reason I have all six is because it's like I need this in case there's some reference thing at some point. I don't think there will. But I know that if I don't get one of the volumes, that a chapter in there will become relevant to the series as a whole, because that's yeah. how Murphy's Law works. I I will say I've said on the record that of in the second novel there was a chapter that was Manetta centric, like him stalking the girls at like the camp bath or something like that. That was actually really funny, um, but for like pretty much all of the wrong reasons. <laughs> 
Well, because I mean, it's, the, the thing it's is, Minetta. the thing is, is there's like out of all six volumes, there's like three chapters that are tolerable. Like they're genuinely tolerable. There's one that even has a good joke, a singular good joke. <laughs> Do you happen to recall it off the top of your head? Not to put you on the spot. No, I, I, I remember vaguely, and I haven't reread this in a while because why would I? It might have yeah. even been in the, the first one. Whichever one you have a bunch of the teachers going out drinking. Yeah, that's either the first or the second one because I think like, I vaguely recall reading it. There was a funny like, little quip in one of those. Mm. It was a funny quip where somebody was like, oh, that's actually pretty funny. That That's how they are when they're drunk. Uh, and, uh, and that's been about it. <laughs> yeah, I've repressed all of that. And then, like I said, I, that's fair. I vacated them from my home. <laughs> and that's... sent them off to... I think it was uh, Buster Knuckle that I sent him off to when he won a prize. That's that's an, that's entirely fair. So I will say, as much, as much shade as I tend to throw on um, the school briefs, the team-up missions... If you look past some of the more glaring shortcomings, like the fact that they very rarely actually are team up missions, um, that they're better than those, at least. Like, is that praise for team up missions? I don't know. I, I, I would say yes. And it's because the art is decent. And, and as much as we're kind of avoiding talking about the chapters that we have to talk about, sorry, <laughs> yeah. the missions, uh, I genuinely think Mission 10 is really well drawn like the art in it is really good conveyance for the most part like there's all these good things until we get to the writing yeah well let's let's not put this off any longer uh so we're looking at well i'm just saying it makes it better because it's not like a i have to read through all these words it's so annoying these descriptions are frustrating oh, yeah, at yeah. best i can just look at it and I'm, yep. i love reading books Yep. School briefs would be better as a manga. I'm not saying it would be good. I'm saying that would be an improvement over sometimes pages of like for the school play, like two pages describing the yeah, set. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, this set sounds horrible. Progress, not perfection. That's what we want from uh the school briefs. Yes. So let's talk about uh Mission number 10. This is a Minetta-centric mission. Uh, in fact, he features prominently on the first page. Although, I guess... Well, um, I get the first page is the, the double-page spread where yeah. it says every That's Minetta has its day. And it's a... <laughs> I like this page. I like its it very watercolory aesthetic. It's very pastel-y or um, watercolor. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I would have liked to have seen this in color as well. But it's like Mineta, he's got a dog on his head who we will be introduced to shortly, and he's surrounded by all of the 1A girls. Um, Suo, Chaco, Jiro, Momo, and Mina. Am I missing anybody? Or is that uh, all of them? I think uh, that's all of them. I, that, that's all of them. Yeah. yeah and it's obviously, this is, uh, this is just Mineta well-wishing right here. <laughs> uh, it, it might even be said that uh, that, that little two-page spread could almost qualify as what it is that he's got in mind uh, in behind his blank staring eyes on the first page when he's talking about wishing to be popular with the chicks to uh, Kaminari. Yeah, because uh, he's just kind of laying there. He looks, he's just out of it. He's just a blank stare. And he's Dead just, eyes, fish, yes. fish eyes. Um. Uh, and he's complaining that it's like, well, they went to, you know, he figured that going to a school like this would be his, you know, his ticket in with the girls, but no dice. Um, and and then uh, how to how to put this? Um, and then a dog 
who is somehow on just like this little like plant that's on like a little stand that's just very awkwardly next to a table in the UA just dorms. living room like the like the 1A living room in the dorms right. uh a thing that uh, I'm going to be honest I went back and I checked some of like the the main series stuff I'm like this isn't a thing this was this was just created to make this joke work uh, and it doesn't, doesn't work make any sense cuz the yeah, dog has it lifted its leg you ever and, heard of the uh, the phrase uh, like turtle on a post you know, can't say if you, I have. If you see a turtle, I think I'm probably getting the phrase itself wrong. But the the concept is, if you see a turtle on a post, you know somebody put it there. Yes, there somebody put this dog on this vase on the stand. Like, there's no way that it would have ended up there on its own unless unless it's quirked. Maybe, or, uh, maybe or it has a without teleporting being noticed. Cord. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, without opposable thumbs, how's it going to scale? I guess maybe it could have jumped up there from the table, maybe. But then some good balance. Um, yeah. But it's the fact that even Kaminari didn't notice it until it started peeing on him, and he's looking pretty much straight ahead the whole time. But, yeah, but and yeah, the dog. You took issue leg. with the way that the dog peed. Uh, yeah, like th- this is one of the one of the times where it's like I'm not I'm not sure Manetta deserved deserved this because they're like, oh, there's the dog, and then everybody's like, yay, the dog. Uh, I mean, all the girls are like, yay, the dog, and then they're just like, it it just it just peed inside, guys. Like we we were missing a girl and on a person. Hakakure, she wasn't in the uh, she wasn't in a full page spread, but she's here tossing the dog uh, up and down in celebration. Do she's in the full page spread. Uh, fully nude, right in the center. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, actually, is she wearing a Koichi Actually, sweater? given how her gloves are in that full page spread, um, it would just be her elbows and head. Look how the hands are. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do see the hands now. Yeah, I see those. So we, I just totally glossed over those hands. She, it looks like in the panel where they're tossing the dog up into the air that she's wearing uh, like a Koichi styled All Might sweatshirt. Either that, or it's like bunny themed. That's probably more likely. But you got you got to dig for the Vigilantes references where you, you can. You know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and, and 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 yeah, and Manetta's like basically like, how about some love for me? And it's like, dude, that's not what you should be like. You should be like. Why do you guys let the dog pee on me? Rude. Yeah. Rude. So this little dog wanders in to UA. They, uh, Ochako rather names it a mochi, which on, on brand for her, she's, she's a big mo- uh, mochi loving girl. And, uh, Mineta's freaking out because he wants loving like that. In fact, he was, he was just wishing that somebody would keep him warm at night, which factors into his, his plans here shortly. But, Ida here explains that Amochi is a female dog, which calls into question the manner in which it pees upon Mineta's head. For the entire like opening incident joke, I'm like, right. That was a red herring. Why was it a red herring? What are yep. we doing here? And this isn't even me being like, I'm going, I'm going full reviewer. It's like, I'm sorry, that was the inciting incident. Right. Why was that a red herring? What's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> Sue says that they're going to find the owner. And until then, uh, the class will look after her and she will just kind of rotate around the girls' dorms, which gets Mineta all hot and bothered because uh, he's like, well, if the dog gets to stay each night in a in a, in a different girl's room, then I'm going to dress up like a dog and swap places. And then he's, <laughs> I hated this particular phrasing. He says, uh, he, he talks to Emochi. He says, you don't get to hog all the action as he kicks Emochi out of its kennel. 
because tonight he says I'm doing things doggy style and he it hatches... probably worked better in the original in Japanese. the Japanese I'll give, yeah I'll give I'll give that joke the fact that it probably is fine in the original Japanese but not here also it just occurred to me I don't see Aizawa allowing this there Ida mm. Ida is helping them hide an un not unregistered, but an unlike, it, like they haven't informed the staff clearly that sure. there's a pet, there there's a pet of some kind. They're just doing it all themselves. Well, Ida, rule Coda's, follower Ida. Coda keeps a rabbit, right? Coda has permission for that rabbit. Yeah, yeah. He, but I'm just speci- saying that there's there's precedence. I was going to say it is specifically mentioned that he yeah. has it to help train with his quirk. Yeah. Well, Mineta cracks, he devises this plan called Operation Wolf Win, where he will, uh, uh, like I said, take Emochi's place. Uh, and that way he'll get uh, the, the cuddles with the girls as if they wouldn't at some point rather quickly recognize that he's just a boy in a dog suit. But as silly as that concept seems, there are multiple characters later on in this that don't realize that it's a boy in a dog suit. Where did he get um, the costume? I don't know. I don't want to know. How did how did he convince Yayorozu to make him this costume? Or is he a really good tailor? Where maybe he the supplies. I have a lot of questions. Maybe he's just a furry, and we've we've never known this about him. Uh, you know and we what? don't that's kink fair. shame on the AMP. That's, you know what? So. That's that's entirely fair. <laughs> yeah. So we we like I said, I highlighted the fact that Sue said that they were going to try to find the owners of Emochi. But then uh, after we get walked through Mineta's plan, we have Ida fielding a phone call. From people that aren't the owners of Emochi. He specifically says, we found a new home for Emochi. The new owners will be here any minute. So that plan about returning Emochi to its actual owner doesn't last but for like four panels. And then they're just like, "Eh, well, the first stranger that calls up and says they want this dog that I guess they cross posted on, you know, Pet Finder or whatever on the Internet, uh, that they'll just give it away. No problem. And they did. They they've done absolutely no vetting. Once again, this feels really weird for Ida. There there's been there's been no vetting. They haven't even apparently taken this dog to to the vet to be like, hey, can we make sure that this dog's okay and that they're they're all good? Um, nope. They've done nothing. These all of our normally very responsible students have become stupid and completely irresponsible for the sake of this plot. Yep. Well, they they wish Emochi a goodbye, um, but uh, in in a panel, obviously we or we know dramatic irony that uh, Emochi has been booted out of that kennel. It is not he or her, rather, that is slumbering inside of it. It is Mineta in a dog suit, um, which you would also think like Emochi kind of looks like a maybe some sort of Pomeranian styled mutt, and those do those dogs do not weigh very much. I'm certain that they weigh less than a even a small child in a dog suit. Um, but the uh, the wannabe dog owners don't seem to pay any mind. They just pick up this kennel with, uh, you know, a, a human child in it and walk off and all the girls are crying. And Them? The ki- the students didn't seem to notice either. Yeah. Why don't... Did, did, did they pick up the kennel, the students? Well, I, I guess. Like, they had to get the kennel outside. Oh, that's possible. I mean, we, we don't yeah, see sure any of them carrying it, but we see it first inside, and then we see it outside. So yeah. somebody had to do something, and nobody has a telekinesis, so... <laughs> right. Well, Mineta wakes up in basically a, dare I say, a puppy mill, because... I'm not entirely sure what they were doing. 
well, if I'm honest. It's not explained very well, but I I call it a puppy mill because there's a character whose name is literally Puppy Mill. Um, That's funny. In this uh, in this particular chapter, but these these two guys end up uh, are they're henchmen and they've rounded up uh, I don't know a couple dozen dogs in this like barn kennel thing. And yeah. Minetta wakes up and he says, "What the heck is this, Dog Central?" Um, and they're he overhears the the people that picked him up saying that basically giving one a uh a, a good ribbing for just handing over this dog for ab, like ab, with no due process at all <laughs> it's it yeah no um and then it's and then they and i love this line because it's stupid all for our leader madame puppy mill and i'm like Ugh. but why though but like why? Why is this going on? Why well, will no one explain anything? I guess the full extent of the explanation that we get is in the panel above that, where it says the boss is going to be thrilled once we start selling. So I guess yeah. that they're just trying to flip puppy dogs. I guess that's, I, I, that's I the guess, plan. I guess. Um, most of which are probably chipped. That's yeah, possibly. Um, I, I I feel like I feel like they're not getting paid enough for this. Um, but but then but then she walks in and I get the Cruella Deville vibes from her. Oh yeah, like that's 100%. that is a hundred percent. She is wearing a a Dalmatian print dress with a a long uh like like big white fur coat or fur jacket with like a a fur boa and it's like mm, okay that's what we're doing. And uh, Minetta realizes the quality about her that he realizes about every woman that he finds attractive. He just exclaims that she's a hottie and that becomes the superseding quality of this human outside of the fact that she's a villain and, and whatnot. And <laughs> That's the, all to, that he cares about. I was going to say, to be fair, apparently the two henchmen who it is just occurring to me are based off the two henchmen from um, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I, yep. I, hadn't, I, I put her thing together. I hadn't put them together, but yeah, there was the tall one and there's the short one. Yep, the hat. Um, that they're entirely in this because they're also like she is super attractive. Yeah, they're very jealous of the affection that she uh, starts giving to uh, Manetta um, in in his dog costume. What do they end up calling her? P- Puffy, Poochie, whatever. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, fluffball. we're getting to it, but but the, yeah. but the short one picks up Manetta and is like, "Is this even a dog?" As Manetta's just like, "Uh oh," with his dead eyes again, like, "I am about to be killed." But then he turns puppy dog eyes up at Puppy Mill. Um, is kind of what he does, kind of like that sad dog. Like, there, it could be fear because of the uh the vertical it, lines. It's absolutely fear. But then <laughs> she she immediately is like, "Oh, like he he'll be my personal pet." She she adores him, and he his eyes go dead again. But it's because he's. He can't process what's happening. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, what is happening? He, he starts, he's, he's immediately doing tricks for her. Shaking, lying down, standing and begging. Like, he is, he has becometh the dog at this point. <laughs> because it has afforded him the affections of a woman. Which, I guess, Operation Wolf and Win uh, is successful, question mark? Um, I guess. I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure how to classify this if I'm honest. It's like I guess I guess he got his objective, but he's also been kidnapped. Yeah, there is that. 
It's, it's easy to gloss over the kidnapping, I guess. He, he's been he's been kidnapped and is now the loyal servant of a of a villain. So I'm not I'm not really sure how, where this pans out on the success or not. That's fair. Um, we find out that Madame Puppy Mill's quirk is a trimming quirk, and that kind of reminded me. What was the name of the character from uh, Vigilantes? The uh, the um, Kanadoge crab lady. Do you remember oh, her name? No, I I'm terrible with all the names. I'm like I remember what their quirks do. Yeah, yeah. The 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 snip snip. You yep. know, um, she can like as as long as something is between like her fingers or her legs, maybe um, she's able to just make them scissors yes. we don't see that visual here we're just told that she has a, tw a a trimming quirk and the the full extent uh of it exercised on Mineta um in this is just that he gets some bows put into his hair which later like on. That, that becomes the thing is i'm not confident we ever really see her quirk i feel no, like i don't we're think just, so it's a case of we're told what her quirk is and it's uh Chekhov's quirk because you could have just tied those bows yep um and and that is a thing I don't like about this. It's like, well, don't bring up. We didn't bring up the other guy's quirks, and we even see one of their quirks. Why bring up your quirk if we're never gonna see it? <laughs> well, Mineta is what convinced does that he's even mean? died and and gone to heaven. Um, which it just occurred to me quote, now. To be clear, yeah. As as I'm thinking about this now, Mineta as a dog, there's some poetic uh, justice being being done there um many people would have outside of his suit would have called Mineta a dog and now he is playing the part um there i think there's even i mean i meant to look this up there's like a condition like a i don't know if it's dsm uh actual but uh people that actually live as dogs sometimes with suits and sometimes without like very realistic suits I meant to look up and see if there was a term for that, but okay. All this reminded me of of uh, there's an old uh, or not old. I'm actually not sure how old it is. Like TikTok of like it's like the guy who doesn't realize the person is a dog, but the guy but the person's matching his 401k, so he's like, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, now we get to the point where one A is like, huh? Uh, where's Mineta? And Kaminari boldly and bravely says that he would go and check his room. Um, more power to you brave soul um, i mean i mean honestly like he's the the best friend that he has yeah so it's like him being like i'm gonna go check his room doesn't feel as weird as literally anyone else that's true uh the girls are just reminiscing about um how emoji's doing but then they spot the dog because Mineta just let it out of its crate and subsumed its place so also also everybody's really like like before, they were like, "Oh, I miss. I already missed him." And it's like you knew this dog for a day. Yeah, the, and, well, and, think... and this is this is an hour, maybe an hour or two, two later. Also, how did no one notice this dog standing prominently in the the living room? For the same reason that they didn't notice standing it on a it standing on a vase on a on a stand previously. Now, now to be entirely fair to the dog, to be entirely fair to the dog, um. Uh, there's the panel where they're like, oh, like those people seem nice. And then we, we kind of shift over to see the dog there. Um, the dog would either be behind the, uh, a word bubble, uh, Hagakari's word bubble, or the dog just apparated. Yeah. <laughs> Again, could be a teleportation quirk. We don't I, know. I guess, um, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, once again, we've made our main cast very stupid so that the plot can progress 
Well, Kaminari does go and investigate Mineta's room. He finds the the written out plans for Operation Wolfwind. So Mineta didn't just conjure this up in his mind and execute it. This was a finely detailed and crafted and and uh, you know ba- almost bound plan. <laughs> so Kaminari proffers it. All the girls get the like shade over their eyes as they're reading uh, all of all of what it was that he planned to do, which of course victimizes them in very direct ways. You know, it occurs to me that the reason he probably wrote it out besides for the plot was because he needed to make the pattern for the suit. That could be. Unless, again, like I said, he's a he's a furry and he just had one. True. And he's just he's just very type A, a and he thinks he thinks with his hands. Multiple pages. I, I see at least three pages. Yeah. So the girls are, uh, you know, complaining that so Mineta slapped on a dog costume and switched places with a moki, uh, with a moki and so obviously they're connecting these dots that, well, then the people that we gave emo- emoji to, they have Mineta. And then they hear this newscast about all these dogs going missing. Um, and there's footage of people stealing a couple of dogs. And they're recognized by the 1A students who just gave the dog away to strangers as those very sh- same strangers. Um, now they see them stealing dogs earlier. They just handed a dog over to them. And then as the only smart character in this entire entire mission the dog picks yep. up what's going down uh gets Mineta's scent from his shoes which i guess were just sitting out and then immediately disappear from the panel as soon as he runs off because oh boy kaminari sure didn't move and we can see the platform down i'm only noticing that visual mistake right now <laughs> um <laughs> And runs off having the scent falling after. And I'm like, really, students? Did none of you did none of you realize that like you had picked up your friend? Did did none of you look at the dog? Did none of you look in to say goodbye? You're all pretty emotional. None of you looked in to say goodbye. What is happening? They have such a strong attachment that they do not at all rec- uh, are they are not at all able to tell the difference between Mineta in a dog costume and the actual dog's face. Yes, I know. That's it's, that's it's, a strong level of attachment. I, I, I guess. Oh, and then we we now we're back over we're back over at the the dog farm the what, whatever it is. And uh, she is uh, our, our villain is is playing with Mineta, putting bows in his hair, his costume. What a weird sentence. I guess uh, to Mineta's credit. That costume would be extremely difficult to remove at this point, right? Um. Well, I mean, clearly, what, whatever zipper is on it is not visible or easily visible. I'm just saying, at least the the head part is firmly affixed to his head balls. I so suppose, no, yeah. No amount of of petting or trimming or bow tying would would uh, cause it to move uh, such that he might be found out. I suppose. I had not considered that. <laughs> it's like his own costume glue uh, or like uh, the double-sided tape that that cosplayers sometimes use only it comes built into Mineta and then there's just a bear yep <laughs> out of nowhere a bear <laughs> like there's no prelude to it and it's gone just as quickly as it's here there's just a bear at this dog farm yep there, there's just a bear and uh I, well does does Mineta doesn't like knock out the bear but he definitely hits the bear hard enough that it that it starts tearing up and it runs which if anything is an incredible strength feat for Mineta. i know i was and, a and little impressed a with that genuinely cool looking panel to once again 
as I've said many times on Hero Notes, maybe they need to change the, train these students in basic hand-to-hand -hand combat because there's a ton of them that would be perfect for it. And now I guess Mineta is in that group as well. He's in He's in on the martial arts at this point because he does some sort of like flying kick into the bear's neck area and sends, sends it running. Presumably a bear large enough to just, you know, like have Mineta in its mouth. I mean, um, it is towering <laughs> over the others. I yeah. know the part of that's camera angle, so to speak, but it's like, it's it's not a small bear and he scares it off and hurts it. So he gets assigned guard dog duty. Um, the Madam Puppy Mill sends him outside to keep watch and to protect the hideout, to which he salutes her with a woof. And uh, we have the 1A students who bothered to come and effect a rescue for Mineta because it's not all of them. No. And uh, <laughs> and, and now uh, Coda is here. Um, yep. You know, a character who has not been any of the background characters in this, like, like Saro or Kaminari. I mean, it makes sense Coda's here, but it only makes sense because from like a... Oh, what it, oh I'm blanking on the term. Um uh dramatic irony what, whatever it is um yeah that we we know that there are other there there are dogs yeah we know that there there are animals involved well i mean like you know what i suppose the fact that they're like oh these people steal dogs so we brought coda. yeah never mind I, i've talked i think that that's the that a problem yeah i think that that's the the end for coda uh, if barring if the news thing had not been overheard then coda's inclusion absolutely would have been yeah. a dramatic irony uh guffaw mm -hmm. um and then they're like they're like, hey, there's something, there's something around here as they're going deeper into the mountains, uh, and then we see like this demonic thing comes up, and genuinely best panel in this this mission, uh, where um, uh, Mineta's in the dog suit, just all growling and, and yeah. angry at them. Genuinely fantastic panel. It looks great. It's dynamic. There's energy to it. I believe the girl below it, like no. Yeah. No, no. And he he doesn't have his pupils, which is always an aesthetic that I've liked just pretty much everywhere I've ever seen it. He's um, Bakugo facing. Yeah, he is. He is. And uh, what's 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 interesting to me too here is we don't see Coda try to control this animal like right off the bat. Like you would no, assume that he's gone again. Yeah. If if an if a wolf had jumped out at one A and Coda was on the scene and was being taken seriously, he would have been shouting, you know, trying to use his quirk to. Uh, not subdue, but to to calm this animal down. But he gets no lines in this particular scene. In fact, I think he gets all of one line in this entire mission. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I do find it just hilarious. It's like, okay, re really, really, Deku, is that a wolf? Oh, it's yeah. not quite a wolf. <laughs> it's our it's smart like, guys. Guys, you did not look inside that carrier at all to verify the dog was there and at minimum what they should have been exclaiming here is emoji because yes. that's what <laughs> that's what they assumed is they were seeing earlier yeah oh but it uh who yeah. by the way emoji just disappeared from the story like that dog did not care that they were being attacked and it just was like i'm with coda i've gone i've disappeared it's standing off to the side because here is it um as uh Mineta stares down uh, 1A. Sue slaps him to snap him out of it. And uh, she actually chastises him. She, yeah. and, and this is a good question. She says, so you kept up the dog act for the villains? Yes, yes, he did. But it wouldn't be a shock if you knew what Madam Puppy Mill looked like, I suppose. Um, and given Mineta's proclivities. No. Um, um, and he's deep into it because he says, I was almost fully a dog in body and soul. 
<laughs> Golly, he was he was all in, smitten, smitten for this uh, puppy mill lady. And then, and then we see that the police have also shown up, I guess. And uh, it's just occurring to me, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, about the wh- whatever it is, like the commissioner or whatever it is, the, the police guy who um, he has a Dalmatian um, mm, tie. He does. Once again, things I didn't notice initially. And I'm like, mm, mm, well, let's sure talk about, about the this. fact that he just is a dog. Like uh, Before we started recording, I said uh, I was cracking the, the punny jokes about how he had a dog in this fight and a bone to pick with. A bunch of dog thieves because you know he is a dog himself um but yeah th- i i liked his inclusion i think you had some some reservations i don't know it, it just felt weird to me <laughs> i think it's one of the funnier things about the whole thing is of course they have the dog like if this were a cat ring they would have had sansa in here i'm sure i'm not gonna lie i would have found it a lot funnier if sansa was here <laughs> yeah and it, it may have made more sense of sansa he's like a beat cop kind of guy you know well, not he's... even that the, the fact that we brought the cat to help out all the dogs yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you mean bring Sansa to the puppy mill thing? Yes. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, the, the 1A students are saying that uh, they had called the police to uh, for some cooperation. Of course, this dog guy ends all the sentences of woof. I think we talked about that at one point on the AMP. But uh, they now know where the hideout is, and they make a comment about how many dogs must be in there. So they've got this plan to basically have Manetta go in there, um, release the dogs from the cages, and have them run into um, some other other cages. They'll go from one cage to another. Um, but uh, obviously the, the the new cages would be police cages where they will be given back to their original owners. Very much unlike what 1A managed to do for Emochi. Yes. Um, so he goes in there. He goes in there to steal the key. By the way, I love that he he walks in there. Um, and, then, and then the On guys... On two legs? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the guys see him and they're like... They're... Like one of them has like a scythe quirk. We don't know the name of it. Once again, this is th- this is fine. We don't need a name for it. Like we got the name for the trimming quirk, which we never see. And they're both like, uh, like we work like dogs for Madame Puppy Mill, uh, but she's only got eyes for you. Um, and, and it's just it, it becomes very clear that Madame's like, oh no, oh no, this is not this is not gonna end well. As they're like, get out of here or we'll kill you. As we go outside and we see a bunch of the other the students and the cops setting uh, setting up the cages, and then uh, Omochi, you know, ro- kind of just bolts from them and runs in. As second best panel of this mission is we see uh, Mineta running panel. away from the two guys who are terrifying all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Like this thing <laughs> took out this thing scared off a bear, like, and you're attacking it? What? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the guy who has kind of like Kamayan's quirk, uh, just like blade arms, I guess. Yeah. Um, the other guy doesn't seem to have a quirk. What's their plan here exactly? Like, I don't know. Kill this, Madame Pupil's favorite animal and then have entire, to explain that? This entire thing is <laughs> ill-conceived. Uh, but while this is going on, while Mineta is literally running and dodging for his life, he sees um, Emochi and throws Emochi the key, and Emochi starts unlocking every all the stuff, and I'm like, this dog is the only competent person thing just, uh, creature in this thing and, and coda well and coda yes because like as soon as the cages are ready um they they start hearing the stuff like all the the animals starting to get all worked up meaning they're coming out and coda's like you know hear me poor little trap or poor trap little ones uh it's time to go to your homes and it's like okay cool good use of coda uh and then we get a bunch of dogs that are drawn a bit too realistically for this yeah. style like it looks great it doesn't fit with my hero. 
yeah, I thought that the the illustration style for them was a little off brand or off uh, off book as well. Uh, but but that panel's fine, and then we get to the next panel, and it it's very jarring, where we see these very realistic dogs next to our our characters, and it's like. Yeah, Madame Puppy Mill uh, spots the heroes and cops, and she goes to beat feet. Uh, the two henchmen are nabbed by Sue um, with her tongue. As I they, I was going to say, as they get tripped by by all the a- rushing animals. That's right. Um, so they they manage to wrap up the the henchmen, but uh, Minetta is still in his dog suit, and uh, Madame Puppy Mill actually snatch uh, snatches him. And this is, I guess, she's still under the assumption that he is actually an animal, even though at the time that she grabs him, he's standing up on his two feet and speaking English and and whatnot. Yep. But she uh, she snags uh, Mr. Fluffball or whatever she called him, and she's like, "My precious, my precious money makers, all those dogs that she was going to sell. No matter what, I can always steal more, and at least I still have you, Fluffball." And this is where Minetta has to. Uh, to break it to her, even though she's talking about being with him forever, which is kind of Minetta's dream. He breaks out, he breaks character, and he says, no thanks, I got other plans. I'm going to save hotties around the world and make them fall for me as the coolest hero there ever was. Uh, <laughs> as he upper, as he like uppercut punch jumps out of the suit. Yeah, it's that, I like that panel a lot and he too. Was, I, I have to say, like, I, I appreciate the fact that he was wearing clothes, but at the same time, you were fully dressed under that thing. Yeah, oh yeah, he had to have been hot for sure. But uh, this this movement, I guess, has uh, got Madame Puppy Mill. She's very confused. You're a child. How can this be? All this time, the pup that I was doting on, and she shuffles backwards to the edge of this cliff and falls. And Minetta, being the hero that he is, uh, uses his balls to arrest her fall, sticks her to a branch so that she doesn't uh, incur any kind of injuries, uh, and then explains to... Uh, I think that's Sue that's standing there that she's she's the kidnapping boss and in a very like Rambo-esque panel he's he says it's tough being a hero who the ladies love and As he's, he's got crying blood yeah crying blood that's the only explanation that I can give for the aesthetic at the 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 uh the design choice there for that particular panel yeah it looks like he's got eye black or he's crying blood and the blood theme seems more likely because some of it is actually falling off of his face yep and then we hard cut back to UA where Ian is telling everybody, like, all the stolen dogs have been returned to their owners, uh, you know, thanks to our help, especially with, with Mineta. Good job, Mineta. And all then, of the dogs except for one. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> and he's like, falling for me yet, ladies? And I'm like, why Why are we making a Pinocchio reference with his nose being extra long? I know. What, I didn't like, understand that. Is this a cultural, is this a joke that would work better in the original in Japan? Japanese in Japan? Because oh, I'm like, he hasn't lied about anything. Yeah, uh, maybe unless you his... count being the dog, in which case nobody literally asked him. Like there was no lying in that. Not a single person asked him anything. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very awkward panel with his nose. It's sticking up. Maybe it's like I don't know. I, I want to say that maybe it's supposed to be euphemistic, but that doesn't fit inside of this chapter at all. And it's not that kind of anime for them to be that heavy-handed with something that graphic. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and a bunch of the girls kind of all, you know, comment, comment, like, much to chagrin. And all I can think of, it's like, not that I want to defend you, Mineta, but girls, like, this is a little on you, too. Like, there was a lot of incompetence on on pretty much everybody's part, to be fair. Like, you didn't even check to make sure the dog was in the case. You just were like, oh, there's something in here. Cool. 
That means they also didn't say goodbye to Emoji. Yes, yes. The thing that they were they were like so sad about. None of them said goodbye. It's like th- this this is on literally everybody except maybe Coda, right? And any of the uh, and Bakugo and and like common anybody who was not involved. It's not on everyone who has appeared in this chapter except for Coda. You're all idiots. <laughs> Well, and as as Ida said, he misspoke when he says uh, that all of the dogs have been returned to their owners because Emochi is still on the scene and jumps onto Mineta's and uh, and starts licking his well, face. Punches and the girls, him in the face. Yeah, knocking uh, him to the ground. The girls make the joke that at least there's one lady who's fallen for you. And uh, the last uh, line that we get in this particular mission is uh, Mineta saying, "This life is for the dogs." And scene on mission number ten. Yep. Not my not my favorite. I, I I conceptually I thought it was kind of interesting. Um I agree with your assessment of the illustration uh and also of the writing. It was very pun heavy in a couple places as well that I uh glossed over because, you know, not my style. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, there's just a it's like a dis, uh, like a parade of incompetence and that's not what I'm looking for in a team up mission, I think. There's a there's a TV tropes trope name for this and i i can't it's, i'm blanking on it off the top of my head but it's like oh just every single person except for the dog and coda were just what happened to all of you it's un, it's inexplicable um but you know what we we did our part and we read it and now we're going to read mission number 11 which i don't think is any better <laughs> like it might actually be the weaker of the pair actually yeah, it's not quite as visually good. It's not as entertaining. I think that that's no. the thing that uh, mission number 10 has going for it, that mission 11 just doesn't. Um, You know, you, yeah. like you can kind of read mission number 10 and understand that it's not taking itself very seriously and it's very gag heavy and, you know, whatever. Um, Mission number 11 doesn't have that same feeling. And as a result, it wasn't entertaining to read like it's quite boring comparatively there's like one, and we'll get to it there's like one scene in this this mission where it's like oh okay i cool and then there's the rest of it yeah well this one is called guardian deity of the green valley and uh, i actually looked this up um looked up its release date because i was curious it has a very green message um and it was released in april of 2021 and April is the month where uh, where Earth Day usually resides, where people go out and they plant a bunch of trees. And that's basically the plot hook for this mission is planting trees to prevent landslides, which the landslides happen anyway. Yeah. So there's that, I guess. Yeah. Um, the two page spread to open this um, does not look very good in black and white, probably look great in color. I find that that's a pretty common thing. I also I. I forever think that it's this particular point of view is weird. Oh, it is. Like the cameraman is laying down as everybody kind of stands over them. So it's just a bunch of crotches. It's odd. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I do like how we get like a little poem to end Mineta's thing right after it, at least in the Tonkabon version. Yeah, it's in uh, the digital as well. Okay, yeah. The but but getting into this and we talked about this. That it's like, okay, so they start the mission. They're they're having to go through this kind of like backwards path, like to get to this village. Yeah, it's like they're blazing a trail. 
is kind of the vibe that you get. I mean, somebody even asks if what the, the space that they're traveling is even a path. Yeah. And the reason that they're blazing this particular trail is because there was a landslide recently in, enough that it hasn't been mitigated. And so it's got a road, a road close sign. And I think this is Kamui explaining that the only this is the only way through this this rough hewn path since the main road was blocked by a recent landslide. And so we've got these heroes, all of whom really have quirks that would be well enough suited to moving a bunch of land off of a road that don't do that thing. And there's no other personnel doing that work on the scene right now. Like they could have opened up this this byway for this for the village and instead they decide to use a machete kind of and it's yeah. just odd <laughs> it also what is odd is every single establishing shot of any kind in this this mission because even where we see the the road closed signs it's in a very forested area right uh and now i know landslides can happen farther up and then they they go down but we don't see any like knocked over trees we just it's, it's like okay there's this landslide around all of these trees and then they get up there they get up to this the the little the village in this little hamlet and it is except for the village itself trees as far as the eye can see covering the mountains and everything else yeah an unbroken blanket are, of trees an incredibly well forested area except it isn't yeah and uh, they're all relieved to have finally gotten here uh and they find themselves standing before a particular tree that's awfully large midori is a is not only um, admiring its size, but he's also saying that he bets All Might would like it, even though it's not a Yakushima cedar, which is All Might. Canonically, it's All Might's favorite tree. But Bakugo is upset because Midoriya's head is blocking his view of, of the village, which is called Kamino uh, Gafuchi, which I think just means Kamino on the edge. I think I looked up the Japanese. Um, Something like that. Yeah. And so he just slams Midoriya's face into the tree, which draws the ire of the tree's guardian. Yes, the uh, the the maiden who who just takes a giant, I don't know, like like just log and bashes like we see blood splatter, bashes Deku over the head, saying, uh, "Don't you dare lay a finger on the sacred tree. I'm here to pass judgment." And I do I do love this panel of Bakugo where he just kind of looks over, uh, and he's just like he deserved it. I love, it. and then she just bashes Flops him in the him face. Too. Which I'm I'm not gonna lie, the conveyance here is weird because it it's looking like it's supposed to be she swung it, but all the action lines are her swinging it back. Yeah, it is odd. I will say um, the the exclamation of "I'm here to pass judgment" or "judgment for you two reminded me there was something that Gang Orca kept saying. I think it was during the baseball episode where he was like yeeting people out of the like out of the scene where he was using a similar phrase, not judgment, but something close to that. Um, mm -hmm. I meant to look that up, but I didn't because I'm a lazy podcaster sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, Bakugo gets bopped as well, which, you know, sits well with him. It, he's he's a fairly level-headed guy. I, he understands. I do love Mount Lady and Kamui Woods. Mount Lady being like, should we step yeah. <laughs> in? And, just, and Kamui's like, sure. Yeah, they're very... They're very uh, like detached from the scene until they decide that they're going to step in. So a lot apparently takes place between that panel and the next page. Um, a, a lot of explaining has been done off off panel um, because the guardian of the tree now knows that they're heroes. And Bakugo um, has been physically restrained. 
yes, he's been probably lacquer chained prison, yes. uh, preemptive binding lacquer chained prison. And he's still mumbling um, that he'll show her what a villain actually is like. And she introduces herself as Kadama. And she says that she is the priestess who guards the sacred tree. It's like, cool. Cool, we're doing this trope. Okay. Yeah, and, and there are a bunch of uh, folks that uh, rush up onto the scene. Uh, they knew that heroes were on their way, although we do find out that probably all of them, ex with the exception of Kamui Woods, had no idea what they were actually here to do. Like, we know that Mount Lady is like, do, so I get to do some big action here, so she doesn't know what she's doing, and she's frustrated when she finds out. Yeah. Bakugo wouldn't have come along if he had known, probably. Well, he Majoria might not have had a choice. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, it seems like the town elder and Kamui were the only ones who knew. <laughs> yeah. And heroes are quite a sight in this particular village because a crime hasn't been committed there in 30 something years. And so now, of course, the heroes are starting to get wise about what's going on. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Like if if crime doesn't happen here, then what are we here for? And uh, Mount Lady's hope is that maybe it's a photo shoot opportunity. Um, but the, the village leader who has his hair like done, like drawn back almost like sumo style. I'm through... not, I, I honestly couldn't tell if that was supposed to be that, or if it's a tree growing out of his head. I could see it either way. Um, it, it could either be that he has fashioned his hair to look like a tree or it just is a tree Okay, <laughs> sticking out of the back of his bald head. But this is where they, they learn that, uh, the, the reason that they're here is to replant a bunch of trees to protect the village from further landslides yes and now all of a sudden we're getting establishing shots of somewhere where there are some trees that are just i guess gone um yep. and we're like yes like the, there's been recent deforestation that has led to more landslides which brings up a whole other thing of like who's been who's been cutting down all these these trees that would be not that this isn't a good community service thing for the heroes to do because it actually really is and that's yeah. this is legitimately the coolest part of the chapters them doing that service but it's like maybe we should talk about whoever was probably illegally cutting down trees but whatever um it feels very naruto this particular mission does you know this seems like something naruto would have been sent on when he was like Whatever the lower level yeah, major where like you had to go like rescue like, a cat. Yeah, like one of the the E or D ranked uh yeah. missions kind of deal like for for that an early Genin team would be on. Yeah, go plant some trees. That seems very early Naruto mission. Yes. Um and and then kind of they, they all get ready for it and, and even Mount Lady's like, fine, I guess I'm here, let's do this. Um and they they all they all get to it and even and uh Deku's pretty much like, I can't I can't imagine that, you know, Bakugo's going to go be with on this. board. And he's like, like, quit wasting time. And he, he, because he's Bakugo, he does everything really efficiently and really well. He, he's using his quirk to propel him around to be able to plant a bunch of things really quick. And, and I do like his attitude here. He's like, I get it. Cause they're all like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't think he'd be into He's like, hey, work is work. Yeah. He, he, he admits that he understands the mission, but he also is honest about wishing that it was something different because he says, you know, this this mission's too easygoing. Where's a villain when you need one? And then somebody starts shouting about how they've got a runner and he immediately misinterprets that as a villain. He had primed himself to basically hear villain. <laughs> to be know, fair, in Deku emergency. did as well. To be fair, Deku's like, oh, I'll go too. 
And then, yeah, and yeah, then like, he goes no, with no, no, Kachan. It just turns out that the runner is not a villain at all. It's just a chicken, a chicken that is ornery and tends to get out, apparently. Um, it's it's well known for uh, escaping. And so Baka goes frustrated. He says, that ain't a villain. And the person who shouted that they've got a runner is just like, well, I never said that it was. Like, you jumped to conclusions, bro. Yep. But no, I just, I do want to say, I love the fact that Baka was like, yeah, no, I get it. Sometimes heroes have to do community work so let's let's just get it over with even if it's not my favorite thing yeah i appreciate that from him i agree it's almost that's a good it's growth for him like that's i don't think season one bakugo would have been very interested or two bakugo yeah that's very fair um but yeah if you if he's not in the business to plant trees would have been very much what he would have petitioned uh back at that time uh back in that time yes um but then, like, so they, they seem to have gotten through at least the day's work. And uh, Mount Lady's like, oh, wow. Like, I, I wish that there was, like, a hot spring or something. And I do love the fact they're like, oh, yeah, sure, we got... I, I love the exact quote here. Oh, sure, we got one of those. And she's like, I love this place. <laughs> yeah, now she wants to live here. Uh, I mean, it's scenic. Um, oh, yeah. And it, no crime. Like, ideal, man. This is an idyllic village, almost by definition. Uh, you know, outside of the whole landslide stuff, I guess. Yes, and any villain who came out here is more than likely going to be entirely outmatched by her. <laughs> That's like, probably true. Like, anything that happened, it's like, no, I pretty much got this. Yeah, we find out on the next page what her quirk is, um, because she says that she needs to tend to the tree. Oh, yeah, the um, priestess, yeah. Yeah, and so the... Yeah, sorry, you were talking about Mount Lady, and yep. in my brain I had shifted gears. Uh, but yeah, Midoriya's like, hey, do you mind if I watch you work? And so she invites him to come along and the place where Midoriya's face was smashed into the tree uh, has damaged it a little. And so she's like, ah, it's fine. Like, I can fix it. And so she does. She puts her hands on the tree. It begins to kind of glow. Um, it's communicated by like a bunch of orbs mm-hmm. um, floating around the tree. Um, and the the spot that was blemished gets remedied. The tree is enlivened a little bit. And so she explains that uh, she's got the power to heal plants. So she says, it helps me protect the village's beloved sacred tree, and it's why they made me the priestess. Yep. And and the, all I can think with all this is it's like, so are you also going to like every tree they just planted and touching every single every single one of them? Because yeah. replant... Like, Accelerate I, I, the growth? Like, well, not even accelerating the growth. Uh, when you replant a plant, it is, it is the, the plant, it's traumatic for the plant, like from mm. the root structure like there's ways to do it but you can easily you know kill a plant by by doing a a bad job of replanting it yeah um so it's like oh wow this this quirk does not tax you at all interesting yeah apparently not at least we aren't shown that she comes up against any kind of exhaustion she doesn't take a level of exhaustion no um, she's not taking a level of exhaustion um there there seems to be no downsides which is okay cool And she continue, She has to use the quirk at the end of this and still seems no worse for the wear. Yeah. Given all the activities she's participated in. But uh, we come to find out that uh, the villagers haven't just shown up because the heroes are here, but they also uh, want to come and offer up prayers at the tree. The village elder has a grand kid in the big city, um, and he actually invites the heroes to come and pray uh, at the tree. Since they're there, you know, out of com- you know, might as well, since you're standing here and this tree is magics and stuff. Um, Mount Lady is hoping that it'll bring her good good luck, so she might as well give it a try. And um, 
the grandfather is explaining now to Bakugo that every day he would come here and to uh, to pray and to get hitched to the gal he was head over heels with. And apparently his wife was that person and had never heard this story. So she gives him a good smack. Uh, and Bakugo has had enough of this lovey-dovey crap. Um, yeah, and then we, we get, and I, I mean, I don't know. These, these last two shots feel very every... I there's a part of me that's like I swear I've seen this in um in Uyasha this exact shot except it was done better there where she's standing under the tree and it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the like the angle with the slight fisheye lens and I'm like I feel like I've seen this before and I'm like have I seen this in a Kikio flashback mm. yeah she says that as long as this tree stands they'll enjoy peace on Kamino uh, Gafuchi the name of the village and so Midoriya extrapolates from that that it's kind of like the village's own symbol of peace because he only has one brain cell and that brain yep. well, no he has two <laughs> brain cells one brain cell is bakugo and the other brain cell is all might yep and he once he gloms on to certain phrases he just uses them ad nauseum yes. all the time i i complained about the the everybody smiling one recently in an episode of the AMP. It's just like, Lord, you've got to change your vocabulary or find something else, man. Like, I'm tired of hearing about how everybody's got a smile. Um, I'm just, it's a fine motivation, but they they beat us over the head with it, and it just sounds cheesy yeah, as well. Because it feels like he misses he misses All Might's point. All Might's point is like, you don't have to smile, but I will smile to make sure that you feel reassured, as opposed to Midori. was like, everyone must smile. Yeah. Smile, darn you, smile. I could see him at some point just getting frustrated that somebody isn't and forcing a smile upon their face, like digging his thumbs into somebody's cheeks. And is that, pulling, is that Deku's pulling up towards the origin edge. right there? <laughs> yeah. This is how Deku breaks bad and becomes some weird version of a superpower joker just as long uh, as koichi my comes up to, to stop him or bakugo or both i'm cool yeah, I, don't like uh, I do like mount lady's little pr- like mount lady's characterization in this this chapter it's on point is actually really good and i like that yeah. part because she, she really goes is. over to the tree and she's praying and she's like please let me get lots of ad deals and i want to break into the top 10 in the hero of the hero charts um and Midori is like uh, mount lady we're leaving and I'm just like, no, I genuinely like that. That's very in character for her. That's very fun. No problems with that. We get another establishing shot. And it's like, oh, here's all this vegetation. And I'm like, where is the D4? Where were they doing this? Why won't you give us an establishing shot of the place that they were just working? You give us an establishing <laughs> shot of all the places that are full of trees, full of fully grown trees, but you won't give us a single establishing shot of any of the places that were deforested. What is happening? I don't know I guess, where we like, are. If the are you talking about the panel above where like Kamui has a like chick resting on his arm, yep. like a, a chick, like a yep, like not a, a like a, a lady, like a, bird. Yes. Like a, a tiny bird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to be concise with your vocabulary yeah because i, I guess... see the village i see the village which is yeah. the little area which we already established well that's not covered in trees but everywhere around it is covered in trees yeah in color it might be that that peak on the right the the farther like darker shadowed side maybe it's devoid maybe. of trees because there's a little bit of textural difference on it but it's not communicated extremely well that is absolutely sure yes and the only reason i bring this up is because of how relevant it's about to be so we, we get to see like Kamui woods with the with the chick we see bakugo has lifted his mask up we see that uh i guess deku and him went back like the three of those guys went back to do more 
work, work after they were done? Not Mount Lady, man. She found herself a hot spring. Well, once again, I'm not super sure what they're doing because they said that they finished, but whatever. Yeah, they did. So it's like, like what? Like, what? sorry. Um, uh, and then, and then that night, apparently, it is typhooning. Maybe not typhooning, but it is. It is coming down. Yeah, it's raining real good. The town has decided that they're going to throw the heroes a feast at the meeting hall. Yeah. Yep. And so they've they've got this big spread. There's a couple of jokes about this old lady feeding Bakugo too much rice and exchanges of gratefulness from one party to the other. And uh, no sooner does somebody say, now we're praying uh, for no more landslides, that almost immediately one happens. Two pages later, there's a landslide. But uh, before the landslide actually happens, we get the explanation of the frequency and intensity of landslides in this particular region. The elder explains that it gets worse every year and so one or two times he says our streets were ruins last year's our fields took a hit and bakugo asks the obvious question like if this place is so prone to landslides why don't you just leave and of course the answer is because magic tree yep that is that is their entire reason it's not because this is where we live this is like where we we've grown up our whole lives it is it is none of those hey like we we live here these are our homes it's tree magic tree presumably magic tree tree upon which we exercise magic sacred (laughs) sacred tree which it is just occurring to me doesn't have any of the usual uh adornments that a lot of like uh religious sites and trees and stuff happen tree japan like sites that are actually like this where they have a, a sacred tree there's usually different adornments and talismans on them it just occurred to me this tree doesn't have any of that yeah, they're just letting it be a tree. And again, a page prior, um, they were saying that they've been praying for no more landslides. Apparently, the tree doesn't deliver on that particular prayer because uh, a landslide happens. In fact, they explain that the entire mountain is coming down. The the entire, what from what we've seen in every single establishing shot at this point, fully overgrown, forested tr- <laughs> fully <yeah. laughs> forested mountain is just entirely coming down. And I'm like, what? I did, that's how, that was my reaction when I got to this. I'm like, obviously there's going to be a landslide. But then I'm like, oh, this entire heavily forested mountain is just landsliding. And I'm like, do you, do you know how this works? Because I don't think you know how this works. Yeah, maybe that's where they planted the saplings. I, I guess, but they, they planted the saplings on a flat plain was the thing. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I think, listen, this isn't a great chapter. No, no, it's <laughs> we not. We know that. <laughs> So everybody's freaking out. The elder says, uh, points out a place like across a bridge on this other area that they should be safe, but they all are worried about magic tree. And so Midoriya's like, we'll make sure to save your tree. And in this panel where he says that, Mount Lady just has one eye for no discernible reason. Yeah, uh, I was going to say it's weird that they're not concerned about all the citizens, but we, we established that it's a pretty small amount. Yeah, there's and, 50 of them, I think I'm not sure if everybody was at the, the town hall, but I, I feel like that they've pretty much, they have a head count at this point, and it was like, that's unnecessary. We have account, everybody accounted for. We're moving on. But yeah, like, she's just, she does, like, we see part of her mask, but there's just no, there's no eye there. And it's, yeah, it I can't unsee out. it now, and it bothers yep. me. I'm flipping the page. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Um. Kamui is rushing uh, over to this bridge that they're meant to cross, and it has already started to break. Uh, and so he uses the preemptive finding lacquered chain prison to uh, give it some 
the integrity so that the uh, the townsfolk can cross. And so he's ushering them across as the other three heroes rush over to the tree to try to solve the how to move a tree problem. Yep, because because uh, that's what we're doing. Um, and, and Baku is like, I'm a, I'm gonna give it a couple good blasts, and they're all like, No, you'll damage the tree. And it's like, Really, guys? Do you not know him? Like Deku, do you not know how? Do you see the face of the the priestess in that panel where? Midoriya is reacting. Yes. Like she's definitely got this face of like, the hell did he just say? <laughs> yep. Uh, but no, it's like, really, really, Deku, do you, do you not know who you're dealing with? Do you have so little faith in Bakugo that you, you think he wouldn't have come up with something? Yeah. So he, Bakugo's plan is to use his armor piercing shot um, in a, uh, a radius around the tree so he doesn't assault it directly. Um, he just cre- he just loosens the soil around its roots so that Mount Lady could then uh, pick it up, uh, and she's going to end up hurling it across the bridge. I guess it, because like she couldn't have with her gigantification and the tree, like the weight would have been too much for the bridge itself. So she's got to toss it yeah. and cross in her regular size. So she gives it a, a an old heave ho, but Midoriya for. Some reason we, he needed that to he's do got something. to ride it. He needed <laughs> to do something. He hasn't done anything yet. He needed to do something. Um, I'm I'm shocked that there, this this giant tree had such a small root structure. But whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah for no good reason. He is like you, uh, me, and Kodama are going to ride this as Mount Lady throws it across the castle. Yeah, and, and there's and then no they, reason. And for then it. they do what they're supposed to do. What what's going on here is there's a little. Bit, they're trying to do like a parallel of Midoriya grabbing onto All Might, with her grabbing onto him. Mm-hmm. That like that's how it's framed. That's how it appears to me. And it's like, oh, right, we have our chapter character because you see what would make sense is oh we have the sacred tree. Let's have Deku ride it, making sure she's safe and held in place while she's constantly healing it because this is probably very damaging to the tree. You see, that would make sense. It's still a crazy plan. But th- no, she just grabbed on because it's like, oh, no, the tree. Like, I got to make sure it's OK. It's like, are you are you using your power on it while we're while we're fl- while we're flying through the air? It, no. Then why are you here? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's reckless endangerment, and Midoriya should be charged. Uh, like, listen, I get that the mass murder charge didn't stick to her. To be fair, she just grabbed onto him, and they're already halfway through before. It's like, I I can't just drop her. Yeah. So he goes one for all full cowling, knowing uh, or realizing kind of halfway across the chasm that they're not quite going to make it. And in the worst conveyance in this chapter, he does a thing that manages to get the tree across. I don't know what the thing is. I have no freaking idea what it's supposed to have been. I don't like I. I think it's supposed to I think what they're intending is like he used his super strength and all that stuff to to keep it going. And I'm like. How I wish. So initially Kodama is like. He can't do his thing because I'm holding on to him. So she tries to sacrifice herself for the tree. But Midori is like, that's not how I do this hero thing. I'm going to save everything. Um, so, so he does in this, in this panel. Yeah. He says, so I'm going to save you both. And there's a shoom and it would have, it would have been enough for me. It would have been, well, let me rephrase this. It would have been more for Deku to have done something that communicated that he used maybe air force 
to to propel the tree a little bit further. I guess we're left to assume that he maybe used float somehow to to give it that extra little boost, but it's not it's just a mess these these two pages really of him uh and Kodama holding on and flying through the air and then managing to get the tree over that final ledge. It's yep. just messy and it doesn't and it's not even like they barely clear it after the shoom. It, he, they're like several dozen feet maybe over the ledge when it finally comes crashing down. But we don't know how it got that way. It's not it's not shown very well, and it's not told. Well, like, it, you it's have not, to do one or the other. It's not shown at all because we see it. it's going down like maybe not leaves first, but pretty close to like the top of it first. And then they're like, okay. They're like... Some people are like, was that a crash? And they're like, oh my god! And they're like, the tree! And then they're like, no, they landed perfectly. Now all the roots have gone into the soil, and everything is fine. As soon as she yep. heals it, and I'm like, it was explained. it was planted. Explain. Yeah, it's, it's awful. There's not it's even any terrible. damage to the ground around where the tree landed either. Nope. Which and all the, it seems the, picky. That's not a small tree that was landing yeah. face first. <laughs> The only the only damage that is done is a couple of small branches broke during the landing. Yeah, that was it. That were just like sticking out of the bottom of the trunk for reasons. No trauma tied to the narrative. No trauma from tearing up the roots. Nothing. Just just a couple branches. Nope. So the tree gets its glow up, and of course we have to have the uh, an NPC explain to us that Kodama's quirk healed up the tree because we weren't already told that that's what she does and that this is what that looks like. <laughs> yep. And now they're on the other side of the chasm from where they lived. And now all of a sudden, the mountain has no trees on it. Even the side that didn't fall. Yep. It's it's now completely barren. And I despise the final line of this particular mission because... Kodama's like, well, we got what matters, even though all of our buildings got buried in that landslide. Midoriya says, yeah, you'll be fine. The sacred tree will protect you, because that's exactly what just happened. The tr the tree protected you, obviously. Yep. Oh, man, what a rough chapter. It's, uh, it's garbage. <laughs> it is, which is ironic, because it's an Earth Day chapter. <laughs> yep. Oh, Lord. So just for fun, I looked up the um, the pro hero rankings. Mount Lady is ranked number 23. And she, if she wants to leap into the top 10, she would have to displace. Let's see. Who, you say that. When does this you, take that, place? That's the last time that they have this stuff. I'm putting this yeah. forward now. And I'm going to tell you this. This particular topic has not happened in the main series, at least as of this talking. There's not even a hint at it. I'm going to say she's going to be in the top 10 by the end, mainly because okay. of how many people have people have quit. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I was looking at the top 10. So Crust is number six on this ranking. He's dead. Um, the Yoroi Musha guy retired. So that's two out of the top 10. But back uh, just outside of the top 10 were Gang Orca, Shishido. Um, and then there's a big gap. So Gang Orca is 12. Shishido is 13. And then there's a big gap between 13 and 23, which is Mount Lake. Yes. And then because the Wild Wild Pussycats, I want to say we're like 24 or 25 at one point. Mm -hmm. Like before, like they were pretty high up before um, the the events of uh, like season two happened and like the camp and stuff like that. Season two, season three. Yeah, season three, uh, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Um, so but they haven't regained that status. So it's like, yeah, like, huh, we don't know a bunch. Of, we don't know the top 15. Um, that's weird to think about. Well, we really only know the top three. 
Like that's the only those are the only rankings that get batted around anymore, right? I mean, maybe Edshot and Mirko's. Oh, rank I, was I was I was more getting at like just like do we know who these characters are? Like, have we seen yeah. a picture of them? And I'm like, oh, oh I yeah, don't the people, think we know. I gotcha. The people who would be between Shishido and Mount Lady. You mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with, that's a with, good... with a with like a couple of those like. Yeah, like we have Gang Orca and like Shishido just like outside of it, but it's like other than those, it's like yeah, we don't know all of the people in the top twenty, which is weird to me. Um, but yeah, this uh, the these certainly were chapters. <laughs> they were chapters indeed, missions even, um, team up missions? Question mark. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say debatably even missions. Yeah, really, especially really. that first I mean, one. Yeah, the second one started off um with with a legit mission and i guess it ended with i mean that one certainly had more mission to it uh mission flavor and element to it than um chapter than mission 10 did yes but again even though it fits the 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 name better or the concept better it's so boring relative to mission number 10 like the i would a hundred times over read the Mineta dog thing yes and the earth day mission thing the again. earth day mission it was like it was boring it did every trope it could think of and it did them pretty boring yeah what a bomber like, like I, mm, I keep wishing i mean it's again i think team up missions are a victim of of higher expectations, what I was hoping they would be would be more like the Selkie OVA, you know, like that style of action and uh, hero uh, focus and team up and coordination. And we haven't seen that, I don't think, at all. And we're on the third volume now. I'll, so. I'll say this, whereas some of the other ones might have debatably had it. Or it's like it might be the expectation thing. No, these two chapters were just bad. Yeah, like yeah, they were. Once again, ten. I'll give it the art. Its art was actually really good. Its art might be the best of all the uh, the Yoko Akiyama stuff. Like genuinely fantastic art layouts, great, except for mm -hmm. the writing. But no, they were just they were just poorly written chapters. Yeah, I'm beginning to fear that this is going to be a trend. This yeah, this is the trend. This is the par for the team up missions course and. I'm, I'm we're committed to feeling all of them. So. I, I'm having similar like mm, I was hoping that these were going to get better kind of kind of feels about them. Yeah, not seeing that yet, but who knows? I have not read ahead. Um, have you finished volume three? I think you might have indicated. I, I that have. You had. It is admitted. I have not, admittedly not read any of the other chapters or sorry, missions um, since this came, this volume came out in physical where I, I read the whole thing and then I reread the things for today's recording mm -hmm. and I, I haven't reread it since I haven't wanted to. Yeah. Well, but that's been kind of team up missions in a nutshell. Verbal contract, my friend, you're, you're bound or it's civil court for the both. Oh, I, I intend to finish the team of the Tums <laughs> series. Like I no, I've started this. It is my intention to finish this. All right. Well, let's reconvene in two weeks time and we'll cover the next two chapters of volume three of Team Up Missions, which would be chapters 12 and 13. Sounds so good. if you're listening along and you want to be fully read up on those beforehand, because if you haven't noticed we're we deal in spoilers, we just talk about the content as it's presented. So if you want to be along for that ride in the know, 
you've got about two weeks time to catch up for that. But I think that will do it for this episode of the AMP, another Adamless one. Um, he had um, a procedure done today. And I don't know if he'll join us in two weeks' time or not. It'll just, to be honest, and I, I'm speaking for Adam here because he said <laughs> as much, he wouldn't be heartbroken if he wasn't in on any of the team up issues stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see if we get him back or not. <laughs> but we'll see you guys in two weeks. Mm-hmm.